Hey, this is Derek Green from Sepultura. You're listening to The Underground. This is Christian from Il Nino. This is Dino Cazares from The Fear Factory. Hey, this is Jerry Only. This is Jesse Leach from Kill Kitchen Gage. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter. This is Sonny from the band P.O.D. This is Sully Erna from Godsmack. Welcome to The Underground, Australia's home of rap, metal, and alternative music. Jumping into a very special edition of The Underground, it is Ned joined by one of my favourite guests of all time, Mr. Bert and C. Bell. Bert, how are you? Hello, Ned. I am well, thank you. That is excellent to hear. Now, I wanted to kick things off and ask, Bert, how have you and the family been sort of staying safe and sane during this whole pandemic? Oh, man. This has been a crazy moment in my entire life. To be honest, when the pandemic started, when it hit, when quarantine started here in Los Angeles, which was about mid-March, my wife and I, our uh, our routine didn't really change very much. We didn't really go out at all to begin <laughs> with. I mean, we would once in a while, but, you know, we just stayed in, and our routine just kind of stayed the same, you know? Uh, you know, wearing masks and standing away from people, and that was the new thing. But, you know, we, we would still go to the store once every couple of weeks, and wear masks. That's the only thing that really happened. My family, my kids are fine. Everyone in my family is fine. So no one's been really struck in my near vicinity. So we're all good. You know, I've had a couple friends that has had it early on, but they were sick for like a few weeks with pneumonia, like really harsh pneumonia symptoms. But that's it. I, I don't know, haven't known anybody else to have it. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Oh, that's good to hear, man. And sad to hear about your friends though, but you were talking about masks there. I see there's some great Ascension of the Watchers ones out. Are they available for people to pick up? There are. A friend made a couple just for me and my wife, but we have not made those. I'm not in the business of making masks, and I don't even wear a mask. I wear a bandana because masks, they go over the ears. The ridge where my ear, the top ridge of my ear, it's a little short, and so the mask doesn't stay on. So I just wear a bandana. Yeah, you got that gangster look happening, but... <laughs> more like, yeah, gangster, more like a Western bank robber. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Now, last time we chatted, you were here for Fear Factory's Choose Your Own Fear Factory Adventure. That one was a lot of fun, Bert. Ah, uh, yes, I do recall that. That was a good time. Yeah, man. And I was going to say, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, and exciting developments for you. Ascension of the Watchers announcing their long-awaited follow-up album. Can you let us know about getting the group back together and this one, Bert? Well, it's like... Uh, I don't know if they were, it's never like we were disbanded. I was focused on Fear Factory for a while. The, the first record, it was a good record, but the promotion the label did not do anything whatsoever. And so the it was released and then it did nothing. So I felt a little uh, discouraged. So I just kept writing new music. I kept working with John. I kept working with Adieu. I met uh, Jace. But there's, over the past 10 years, i just been working on writing new music. And it was never like a decision to get back the band back together. It was just getting the music right and demoing and recording it and just coming up with a new concept. So, so over 10 years, I've been doing this, you know, traveling to New York City or Pennsylvania or even Wales in the UK so in that there's just really just researching and creating the whole time and the past you know four years with the state of affairs in my career I just like okay I got I'm gonna focus on something else and just move forward because I gotta do something <laughs> yeah so is that the case that you're sort of really concentrating on an ascension of the watches just moving forward at this stage 
yeah, essential watchers. Yeah, this is my focus right now. Yeah, and you were set to drop this one in 2018, but there was all that dramas with Pledge Music. Great to see that you've. It's also yeah, that was a, that was a nightmare. It was Pledge Music campaign was a very it was a great success. We reached 124 percent of our goal. We weren't even trying to raise that much money, which was the benefit because we didn't have that far to go. So literally, only less than 450 people pledged. And I, we made 124% of our goal. Damn. So that was great. Yeah, that was great. But the Pledge Music, the advent of them going down, bankruptcy filing for administration, that just hurt not just us, that hurt every other band on their platform. So we had to regroup while we were recording the album. We were able to finish recording, but then we just had to take the time to mix and just come up with more fun through other alternatives like borrowing money from friends and relatives. Wow. So it was, yeah, that Pledge Music. So it was supposed to be out in 2018, and now that didn't happen. <laughs> so we just, it took a while to get everything done but we were able to work on the mix for a long time taking our time until it was done when it was done we were like wow this is done and so we were able to have a complete album and Jace was able to to lock in a a deal with a the London label called Dissonance. Yeah, that is fantastic right there. So you were saying that you've been sitting on this material pretty much since back in 2018. You just mixed and mastered and made it sound that much better in the meantime or was it already yeah. done? Yeah, oh, exactly. Crazy. No, we were we started recording in 2018 and that took, you know, a couple months. It was during that time that Pleasure Music went down, so we took our time just mixing. So we were just taking our time and uh, because we're, there was no rush and we were just getting it right and and I believe the patience and persistence of taking that amount of time paid off. The record sounds great. It sounds huge. The utilizing an analog, a modern analog studio was the way to go. Oh, that is awesome right there, man. And can you let me know about recording at Northstone Studios? Like I was reading that there's some weird stuff that went down there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Northstone Studios is in the south of Wales, outside of a little town called Bridge End. Studio is connected to a 250-year-old manor called the Court Coleman Manor, and it sits like on a little hill in the countryside. And this is a place that there's a restaurant there that Jay used to go to a lot, and just became friends with the owner. And the owner sold him some plot of land that was actually connected to the manor, and so he built the studio connected to it. So this manor is 250 years old. It has a lot of history. For the manor, there stood a medieval monastery. And a lot of the stones of the monastery were still scattered around the ground that surrounded the manor. And so Jay, he built the studio on his own with help, but he built the studio. And he was utilizing those monastery stones to make the walls and then some of the interior walls of the studio. So this manor is not only constructed by ancient rocks and rocks that are part of a you know, holy place. It stands on the same area. So we've been recording for, you know, two or three weeks and you know, it was just Jason and I in there. Everybody was quiet for a while, but when we started doing the vocals, we started noticing like some things like, you know, falling off shelves or whatever. And so we would close up every night. We'd go in, there's a little coffee station, we'd clean that up, we'd put everything on the shelf, we'd tidy everything up. Everything was put where it's supposed to be and we would lock up and go. And we'd come back in the morning and we'd go into the coffee station area and there'd be like things like off the shelf scattered on the ground. 
and we figured maybe it was just like some kind of rumbling or maybe the small refrigerator rattled a little bit too much everything off. So we were able to logically explain away something until one day we went to do vocals and I had a, you know, we set up a vocal booth right in front of the window to the control room where Jace would be sitting at the control board. And my vocal booth was like a booth, but it was open so I could see Jace and we could communicate, you know, sign language or whatever, but he could see me talking. But um, we were trying to get the microphone going and nothing was happening. So a few minutes went by and tried everything. He decided to come in, check the connections of the microphone cable. And so we started the microphone and the cable. Everything was connected, followed the line all the way to the multi-track and the multi-input box that was in the drum room. And the microphone cable was pulled out. And that's the kind of cable we had to pinch at the bottom and pull it out. Damn. And I, I go, why'd you do this? did you do that? He goes, no, did you? I'm like, no. And we're like, okay. And it couldn't have been ripped out. Neither of us would bother pulling it out because we're going to be using it anyway. So we continue, you know, solved that problem and continued doing vocals. And we were doing vocals for the song Apocrypha. And I'd been, I'd done a few takes and doing several parts of going over some things. And Jace says, take a few minutes break. I'm going to go over this and clean it up and we can continue. So he's going through the files on, on Pro Tools and he Notice this one wave recording at the end of the song, like when the music's done, and there was like this weird thing at the end. He went to go check it out, and he's like, What is that? And he goes, Sorry, were you whispering at the end of this? I'm like, No. So I went in and I, we looked at it. I go, Turn it up, turn it up a lot. And we were listening to it, and what you hear, it's like it's dead air, and then you hear like someone, tur- like the game coming up all the way up. And you hear the, the door front, but you hear the door between the control room and the live room creak open because of the old wooden door. You hear it creak open. And then you hear this crazy whisper. <laughs> you know, it definitely had syllables. It was definitely a whisper. It was saying something. God, just thinking about it, I'm getting chills because it's insane. And the whisper stops, and then they hear the door closing. Damn. And neither of us had left i hadn't left the room and he hadn't left the room we were just we were sitting in our respective spaces so we had no idea how that happened i still have no idea what language it's in or what it's saying it could be ancient gaelic it could be ancient latin i have no idea but i decided okay that is the intro to the song apocrypha and so it's like an evp we we got we had an actual experience we couldn't explain that away and after that there was a couple other things that happened that was crazy I was drawing up drum head and I had this one drum head I was drawing on and I left it on the coffee lounge table that was in front of the couch left it on the table while I was doing vocals so I'm in the studio I'm in the booth doing vocals and as Jason is talking to me after one take and as he's talking I hear this strange like calamity sound just like going on in his room I'm like what the heck was that and he goes oh, I don't know and he goes oh man you gotta come in here and so I went walked in I opened the door as I'm walking in I opened the door and I see the drum head on the floor in front of the door I go what happened here he goes that is what made the sound he goes he, he thought he saw something going flying across his periphery and when he heard the noise he turned and he saw that on the floor and he was the only one in the room <laughs> that is like you said just before absolute chills there Bert now as Jay said has this happened previously there or is this new experience stuff maybe the ascension of the watches <laughs> is setting it off or what 
Um, it might have been setting it off. He never really noticed it before. I mean, a couple things, you know, things on the floor, but he was logically explaining it away. But there's some things you cannot logically explain away. Wow. There was uh, another incident where it wasn't because of essentially the watchers. It was actually, I was not there when this happened, but there was a video crew in the pub of the manor. There's this old pub in the manor, and they were interviewing one of his friends. And this camera was rolling video, was recording, but there was nobody in it. And it was focused on this picture with a lamp above it with a, one of those little chain, chain that you can start, you know, turn on the lamp with. Yeah. And as you're looking at the picture, you see the lamp chain, like, move by itself. <laughs> and the light goes off. <laughs> wow. You know, there's some things I can't explain. I've had a few experiences in my life, and this is what, these are some of the top ones. But, like, yeah, there's some things I can't explain. <laughs> that is crazy. So, yeah, those really started getting stronger. Like, more incidents started happening when I started doing vocals and started, like, actually doing the singing and singing the lyrics and that's when it really happened yeah it's funny that you say that Bert because I was going to say about the Apocrypha album it's got that sort of haunty is the word I've got here in front of me sort of dreamy relaxy sort of feel to it very different to your work with Fear Factory what would you sort of say best describes it I would call it cinematic yeah I'm very you know, obviously I'm a fan of movies fan of a lot of soundtracks this is music that comes out of my mind. And so when I would sit down and write these tracks, I, I would sit down in front of a piano or have my guitar and just start writing the song. You know, these are the type of melodies that are in my head. And these are the type of melodies, you know, this is the same head that would present the melodies for Fear Factory. It's all, you know, it's all part of the same mind that created it. So I, that's probably one of the things that made Fear Factory stand out is because I have a very a different take on melodies. I have my own style of melody as well. Wow, yeah. That's awesome right there. And would you say that the Ascension of the Watchers recording this album, would that have to be one of the most memorable experiences when recording, right? Um, I think every experience is memorable. This was very exciting because it was, I was in a place that was very beautiful, very pastoral, in the countryside, just whales, just cold, just beautiful. Just Jason and I in the studio making things happen. So for that was very memorable. But I've had a lot, pretty much every recording experience is very memorable for me because there's a lot of cool things happen when you record. Yeah, most definitely. And I was going to talk a little bit about Soul of a New Machine Fear Factory. I know this is an Ascensions of the Watchers interview, but that one just turned 28, Bird. Is that hard to believe? No, because I'm 51. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies. So, so no, everything has an anniversary at some point. We recorded that in 92. Crazy how quick time goes, Bert. But man, back onto the ascension of the watches. We've got a video for Ghost Art coming very soon. Are there? Will there be more in the works for Ascension? Yep. Um, we have actually two videos that are ready to go, but we plan the next single, which has a video, will be The End Is Always The Beginning. Uh, awesome, man. Any idea? Will that and, be closer uh, to the release date? Yeah, it's closer to the release date. I can't remember what day it was. Maybe October 1st, something like that. Oh, love that right there. Uh, yeah, these, uh, the video, it's a very cool video. We worked again with Victor Hugo Borges, who did the residual presence video. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's an animated video. And he has a very unique style. And he's from Brazil. He's a very well-known and award-winning filmmaker. And he was able to help us make another video. He had a lot of footage from a couple films he never used. 
is so we re- repurpose them to fit our video. Oh, that sounds awesome. And so, yeah, it is awesome. So I'm very happy about that. I think it's going to be it's like watching a little film. It's like, what the hell is this? It's very surreal. And so it's going to be very memorable. Yeah, exciting times. Even the teasers that you guys put out for the new album just has you hyped up like a 20-second teaser. So bring on those new videos. Hell yeah. Um, teaser for tomorrow is going to be a, a good one. I just finished that one this morning. Oh, it's that fresh. <laughs> yeah, look for them. I'm very proud of this album. We've, you know, a lot of thought has gone into it. In 10 years, as a matter of fact, of thought and, and conceptual design and idea planning and just everything was part of this album. I think this shows that it's a, a, an endeavor of 10 years. There's no missing part. It's a very, very good album. Are you guys going to get out on the on the road to support this one if when the pandemic comes to a close? Uh, absolutely. We are scheduling shows as early as we can. Everyone's talking now that September of next year is a good time to actually start booking again. So my question is, all those bands that were on tour or had tours booked and rescheduled them for spring, are those going to happen now? I don't know. Mm. You know, if things change in the next couple months, you know, whatever we book can be moved up depending on what the climate of the pandemic is. But yeah, we are planning to tour it and to make things happen. I'm in the process of coming up with a, a plan to uh, do a, a live stream from the Cork Coleman Manor in Wales. So I'm just trying to figure out how to make that happen. But, uh, I think it, I'm going to make it happen, but we're in the, just the early planning stages. That would be awesome right there. A little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at that studio would also be pretty great, but... Oh, I, yeah, that can be part of it for sure. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people would love to see that, especially once they know the story behind the Apocrypha track and the whispering and whatnot. It gave me goosebumps earlier. Oh, yeah. The intro to the song Apocrypha. And when you know the story, you're like, man, that's crazy. I have no idea who said it or where it came from. It came from another place in this world. Well, there you go again. Goosebumps, man. Anyways, I wanted to check in on the comic book side of things, but will you ever release another one? I've got a, I'm one of the ones that owns a copy of The Industrialist. Are you planning on doing any more comic books? Well, yeah, um, I, I definitely want to do a follow-up to Industrialist. I have lots of things written for it already. I'm looking for a new artist to, to help me with it. I would like to try different artists on each time. I do have an idea for that. I'm currently working on the Apocrypha of Stormcrow, which is going to be like a story, not a story, but it's like the Book of Enoch and the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm going to read something like that. So it's going to be like lost scriptures from the uh, Watcher that was banished from heaven. And so that's what I'm working on now. I have a lot of other ideas. I got a couple other ideas that are really different, but I think they're quite original, so I have those also. So I'm kind of working on a few different things at the same time, but right now I'm working on the uh, Pockets of Stormcrow, and then once this is done, we'll go finish the Industrialist Part 2, or whatever it's going to be called, and then um, I got a couple other things in the works. So yeah, I plan to do that. I don't intend to retire anytime soon. I just want to keep continuing to be an artist. Oh, that is good. That is what we like to hear right there and cannot wait for that new comic book, Bert. I think it's great how you sort of, you're a very talented photographer as well. You're a bit of a jack of all trades. Well, thank you, Dan. I try to be. I consider myself an artist above everything else. And, uh, you know, photographer is part of that. Musician is part of that. Writer is part of that. I just like to be creative and do the best I can. It is all sorts of awesome, Bert, and very much appreciate you taking so much time out today to chat with me. The brand new album is called Apocrypha. It's here October 9th. You can pre-order this one at ascensionsofthewatches.com. comes in a very nice black and clear vinyl as well for the vinyl collectors. Excellent. Oh, yeah, it's going to be nice. Oh, man, I have to get myself one of those. Well, I hope so. Please do. <laughs> 
Support music. Most definitely, man. Thanks so much for joining us, Bert. My pleasure, Ned. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. really hope that this pandemic nonsense gets finished quickly. I hope everyone just does the smart thing and helps everyone so everyone can get back to work properly because these fools are going around not trying to you know, stay safe. Musicians are the ones that hurt the most. First, musicians. The music industry was the first industry closed and it's going to be the last one open. Yeah, that's very well said right there. Everyone just needs to do the right thing so we can get back into some sort of normality. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, it's not hard to wear a mask. It's easier than putting on shoes. Exactly, man. Thank you, Ned. I really appreciate your phone call. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.